Welcome to Conversate, our podcast where we engage in conversation. On this week's episode, I, Aaron Kerke, and Kevin Bender are having a conversation about the book of Judges, but it turns into a conversation about what it means to be eyewitnesses of Jesus, paying attention to how we've seen Jesus at work in the world. We even have a conversation about some of the issues facing us as a nation and the next generation. Uh, This is a very practical conversation, and uh, we pray that uh, you take something from it, hear it, put it into your own conversations. As always, we hope you enjoy it. Kevin. Hello, Aaron. Greetings. Shalom to you, friend. Yeah, and also with you. Ah, thanks, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's good to be back. Uh, I loved uh, loved your conversation with with art last week, uh, that was a nice, a good move. I, I thought to um, bring him in and, and have him be part of this this conversation. And um, he's such a such a deep thinker. Mm-hmm. Incredibly, yeah. I was uh, uh, trying my best to keep up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you guys, you did a great. I mean, for for a thirty minute, mm-hmm. you know, kind of podcast episode. I mean, you, you guys, there. Again, when you're when you're talking about philosophy and all that stuff, I mean, it can it can go down some major uh, major rabbit holes and stuff because um, those are those are problems and things that people have been talking about from the very beginning and stuff. So mm-hmm. I thought I thought you guys did a good job of just kind of picking a couple of key points and um, getting after it. So no, oh, thanks, man. I think yeah. it's it's neat to think you know, uh, and, and obviously art is not um, exclusive in this. Realm, right, or the idea that, like, in our congregation, right, as a brotherhood, sisterhood here at St. Peter and Paul, wow, I mean, we got people, I'm sure, all over the place who have, you know, uh, unique, uh, you know, kind of ideas, experiences that they bring to the table that help uh, encourage us in the faith. And so, I, you know, I don't know if all of our uh, members or congregants here, attendees, you know, know and understand that, like, we also love following Jesus with them. Oh, absolutely. You know? Uh, Absolutely. We were co-Christians in the walk. Yeah. So. Oh, I, yeah. I mean, I learned so much from <laughs> from people in the church and yeah. just uh and especially just watching you live out the faith in regular um daily living is, is such an encouragement mm-hmm. um to me too, you know. So, yeah, a lot of you guys, you know, you you live in the world. <laughs> you work in the world. Mm-hmm. Um uh, I mean, I try to do as much as I can to expose myself to other people outside of the church, but again, you know, I'm limited by time, and you know, a lot of my time is spent here and <laughs> with you and um, with family and stuff too. So, um, so I, I, you know, I know that I have a little bit different perspective on on the world, um, just because I, I don't experience a lot of the same stuff in in my workplace as you guys do in your workplaces, and yep. so on and so forth. So. Um, yeah, so it's just a super helpful angle to us to see how the faith is actually lived out practically um, in your lives. Yeah. And that idea alone, Aaron, I, not yeah. to jump too far ahead, no, let's but go ahead. I feel like it, uh, you know, that idea of living in and among, yeah. you know, but not of the world, yeah. right? Uh, this is kind of the storyline of the story, right? Yeah. And not only in Joshua, the, the week before when they're going in to try and, you know, yeah. <laughs> uh, drive out uh, these nations that God says, you know, drive them out yeah. in particular because he doesn't want them to adopt their cultural practices. Yeah. 
and then now here in the judges time yeah you know they've they've mostly done that yeah but not completely yeah and it's kind of this constant back and forth tug of war with you know how god has told them you know how to live yeah. and who to serve yeah and then them repeatedly kind of falling into uh you know i guess into the habits or the practices of these foreign peoples yeah yeah, yeah. and it's just um it happens quickly you know in the in the realm of history how how quick um basically like a generation can 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 turn away mm. um yeah we had this discussion a little bit because uh, i teach a i teach a bible class um on sunday mornings here and so we had a conversation there maybe some of you listening uh to this were also there but um we had a conversation there about like um like why nations uh, kind of decline hmm. and what what might cause some of that stuff um, and so there was a the, basically it kind of summed up to the fact of like um, when when a then the, I don't know some of it's natural some of it's intentional some of it's unintentional but like so the the let's let's uh, I don't know let's just take America for example oh, sure. I think like the people who settled this place who you know escaped um, persecution, oppression, got on unsafe ships, traveled across the ocean. Probably, plenty of their family died. They get to a new place or settling. Like, yeah, there's probably a, an incredible appreciation that they have for this this new place that they that they call home. We are we're not just one generation removed from the people who first came here. We're multiple generations um, away from those you know the European settlers at least. And um, I think it's, it's hard for us, as it would have been even for the next generation after them. There's just not, we don't have the same level of connection mm. to that suffering, to that oppression, to that journey that they went through. So it's just very easy for us to slip away and be like, even if we're trying to appreciate what they went through, we still can't fully because we weren't there, mm-hmm. you know. And so it's some of it's this kind of this natural progression where the next generation or the next generations just it's just not the same experience for them as for the ones who are actually going through it. So in the case of like judges, the first generation that was with Joshua in the wilderness and went through the conquest, they remained faithful to God. But when they all died in the next generation that was born in this, now this land amongst these foreign gods, it's just sort of like, yeah, I know we heard the stories, but mm. I, I don't know. Like this is, this is also our reality that we've got to figure out how to live in. So there's just kind of these natural things that happen as the generations pass where they just fall away. I think something can be done about that. Like the generation who did experience those things, I think... I believe, and this is where I went in my sermon, has the responsibility to tell the next generation, especially when we're talking about God and faith in God and what God has done, the story of who our God is, it's our responsibility to tell that next generation the story of who God is Mm. and who they are in God's sight. Um, So if that generation, because they're already naturally going to like slip away um, because they didn't experience it. So if the so the only way to kind of combat that is to be very intentional about teaching them. So if you're not teaching them and time goes by, that next generation is just going to completely fall away. 
Totally. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes yeah, it makes perfect sense. I actually I had an, kind of an astute uh, student on Sunday in our confirmation age okay. uh, uh, Sunday class who said, "Why didn't Joshua raise up a leader oh. to replace him?" Okay. And that was a really neat question, you know, because yeah. that person was identifying, you know, that Moses had done something yeah. as he was passing on, right, which was raising up Joshua. Yeah. And that was a good move. Yeah. You know, the people like needed someone to kind of be that that point person, yeah. that leader. And, you know, I mean, there's a lot of questions we can ask the scriptures that we won't get answers yeah, to, yeah. you know. We're not going to learn from scripture why or why not uh, that uh, Joshua didn't raise somebody up. But um, it struck me, you know, and it's very much in line with what you're saying, there needs to be voices speaking into the next generation, yep. you know, or there needs to be voices of leadership speaking into uh, the rest of a community mm-hmm. uh, to help them, uh, well, like n- know their God, stay in line with their God and, and kind of his path for them, uh, know his promises, know how he's acted uh, so they, their faith can be built up. And, uh, you know, uh, we talk a lot about discipleship here yep, at the church, absolutely. right? And that's that same idea yep. of, you raise up people yep. under you, and if you know, so in a family setting, you're yep. raising up your children. Right? Absolutely, they're kind of the next ones. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and I I I didn't use the word discipleship yesterday, but I was teaching what discipleship a part of it part of it is, mm-hmm. which is this uh, this idea of uh, witnessing and giving testimony to the things that we've seen and experienced in in God's sight. Um, now I, I made the claim. I'm curious what what you think about this. But I made the claim in my sermon that uh, that we are all eyewitnesses of Jesus. I said mm. that to the, to the people. I said you are eyewitnesses of Jesus. I don't know. I, I you might react differently to an uh, average person in the pews because you're a pastor. But I don't know what like. Do you, do you think of it that way? So, uh, I'll, I'll, I guess I'll say no. Okay. Um, but, like, if I heard eyewitness, because yeah. I spent a lot of my life thinking, you know, like, <laughs> man, if I just had grown up and lived at the time of Jesus yeah. and had seen Jesus, like, oh, how much stronger would my faith be, right? Yeah. I've, I always thought that growing up. And um, <clears throat> so, like, kind of initially that, that comment of being an eyewitness, it's like, but I'm not, you know, I wish I was. I think I'm it might have been harder. Well, that's just it. The, the more I've grown and matured, you know, the more I've seen, like, I don't, I don't know that. Yeah, it's, I don't think it's any easier. I don't know that there's necessarily a difference because um, you had people all, all around Jesus who yeah. didn't. And many walked away. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was very countercultural, very outside the norm. Um, so, uh, you know, so, so, right, you're not saying us being an eyewitness, you're not making the claim that like I've in a vision seen Jesus, right? Like Paul. But what you're saying is we have seen God's power um, or presence and experienced that in some pretty visceral, tangible way in our life. Yes. And uh, so I won't even speak on behalf of me at first, uh, you know, because you're saying I'm a pastor, so probably I would, right? There was someone after the service who I got in a conversation with who said, when you when you mentioned that, they thought of a very specific moment in oh, their yeah. life. Yep, a very specific moment when there was um, a conflict, family conflict going on, and you know it, it had created separation um, and kind of hurt feelings and stuff. And it really, you know, they felt like it wasn't really like they were kind of in the right, okay. right? The, uh, the person I was spoken to, and um, 
But they said one day, and this is how they described it, they said, it was like the Holy Spirit rushed on me. Wow. Which is how it talks in the judges. Yeah. I thought that was funny. I made oh. that comment to the person. I was like, you know, that's how judges talks, actually. The Holy Spirit rushed on these different judges <laughs> and led them to do things. Yeah. But what they experienced was this strong urge to call up those family members yeah. and basically just take that first step and even apologize. Oh. You know, even though they didn't feel like they had really done anything yeah. wrong in the situation, they wanted to take that first step of reconciliation. Yeah. And it was it was profound to them and it was very like otherworldly it was got you know uh. it felt very much like god it wasn't anything that they had decided of their own kind of like feelings about the situation to uh. do you know and um and i thought well that's that's exactly it that's exactly i think you know like yeah. you know one uh instance of what you're talking about right yeah there's lots of instances uh, of of god's uh, activity and maybe we'll talk about the more you know like common reliable kind of ones but for, yeah. for this person you know, of course would god want the reconciliation between them and their family yeah of course yeah. um and and they they thought of that and identified that wow. and i thought hey boom you're an eyewitness i yeah. mean that's something as a follower of jesus you can say look i i have experienced the power of god in my life right and that and <clears throat> and that's I'm, I'm so glad that person shared it with you and i hope that they feel comfortable when the time comes sharing that with somebody else mm -hmm. like because that's uh, again i said this I said this in my sermon but like the thing that hits me because i always like i grew up in the church and we would always talk about like witnessing you mm -hmm. know witnessing to um like wit witnessing is the uh, like code word for telling other people about jesus mm -hmm. i feel like mm -hmm. but i would always get confused because i'm like well witnessing like why don't they just call it talking to other people about jesus because in my mind i'm like oh, well witness just sees something you know, but it's built into that word that a witness that sees something actually is the one who also talks about it. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like that's 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 why we use the word witness because you've seen it, you've experienced it, you're called to testify. Mm -hmm. So like I, I mean I very quickly in my sermon said like, you know, if you witness a crime and the court calls you, I don't know how this happens, this has never happened to me, but I think that they if you witness a crime, they call you up and be like, Hey, we need you to come and testify at trial, you know. You're like, oh, gee, you know, I never went to school to, to do that. Like, I don't have a, I don't have a degree in criminal justice. Like, I can't. I'm not even like a hundred percent totally sure exactly <clears throat> what I saw. Yeah. You know. And that, yeah. But, but you saw something. Yeah. So just, just tell us what you saw. We'll ask you some questions. Yeah. Is this a, that's that is what we have been called, <laughs> commanded to do in the world. Yeah. Is to witness what we have seen and experienced firsthand in Jesus, you know? Not to have all the theological answers, mm -hmm. but simply to, to notice which, how have I experienced God's presence and activity in this world? Well, what, is, what does God do? Well, he gives life, he sustains life, he, he forgives, which is like a restoring of life. These are things that only God can do, mm. right? So pay attention to those things, notice those things, give God credit for doing those things, and then when the time comes, talk about it. Talk about it. There are a lot, I don't know. I've had a lot of people tell me over the years, like they, and probably some of you listening, like I've had a lot of people just tell me, like, I don't know, I don't know what I'm supposed to say. You know, mm -hmm. I don't know what I'm supposed to say about Jesus. I don't know how to teach people about Jesus. I mean, you, you don't have to. Like, that's, mm -hmm. that's the point. Just 
find something that, that you can say in your life, this is what Jesus has done in my life, and just just share that. Yeah. That's all. And, and let the let the spirit let the spirit be at work, you know? Yeah. Well and I like too that it, um you know, that you went there in that idea of testifying as a witness, okay. right? And that you know, that it it's not based on our intellect or, you know, our ability to to, to you know, to know a ton about theology or, you know, even the scriptures, right? If you just know Jesus, yeah. that's kind of it. Yeah. And, and it's, it's congruent with, um, in the New Testament, yeah. when Jesus says to the disciples, you will be my yeah. witnesses, yeah. right? Yeah. And, okay, we're talking about the guys who had run away when the mob showed up, yeah. right? Had denied Jesus yeah. uh, to others, you know, had basically abandoned Jesus yeah. to his death. Uh, guys who like during the three years they spent with him were kind of like always bumbling around, yeah. you know, like saying the wrong things, yeah. you know, like these guys do not seem qualified yeah. at all. Yeah. But God says, it's not about, it's not about you being qualified because you've done something. It, God says, you are yeah. my witnesses. Yeah. You just are. Yeah. 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 And so <clears throat> when we think about who... Well, I think we've already identified what it is that we've witnessed. Hopefully, or, or you know, those of you listening can think about that in your own life. What have I witnessed? What have I seen Jesus do that only Jesus can do? Um, and then, who have I been called to testify to? Mm-hmm. And that's the move that I was making in the sermon to, particular the next generation. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean that's huge, absolutely. I mean, I would, but I would, I would also just say like whoever's right around you, like hmm. whoever's right around you, whenever that is, um, you know, like be, just be ready to testify to them. But let's talk. I mean, let's talk about that ne- the next generation in, in particular. Okay. Um, because that is a huge, it is a huge thing for us to to um, be cognizant about and intentional about investing in the next generation and raising them up as God-fearing people. Um, have you heard some of that stuff that uh, I, I didn't uh, share a source on it? I, I, I think my source is the Barna Research Group. Uh-huh. That's what um, came to mind for me when you... But uh, that, that uh, the, the generation, I believe it's like the high school age and even college age, the Gen Z, they call it, mm-hmm. um, which already now, like you and I are raising up kids in the next generation after Beyond that, that, I don't even know if they have a name yet, but Gen Gen Z, they call them, it would be, I, I believe it's like late high school, early college age. Um, Gen Z was was and is the um, the the least churched and most unchristian generation in American history, because mm-hmm. they're the ones who are being raised by like uh, I think often even. Millennial or not millennials, Gen X probably. Probably Gen X, yeah. Um, I mean, maybe. I mean, possi- possibly boomers as well. I mean, depending no, on how. I don't think so. Well, my I think my youngest brother's Gen Z, just barely, because oh. um, he just graduated. Okay. Um, uh, college uh, this past year. Oh. Like undergrad. Okay. Know? And uh, and so my dad, my dad would be in the boomer. Okay. So, but I mean, these things are fluid as well. Yeah, 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 yeah for so, sure. Yeah. But the 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 younger you go, um, towards like. Um, the late Gen X and Millennial, like they're 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 those are generations who um, may have been like kind of culturally raised in the church or raised in kind of a Christian world, mm-hmm. but uh, the majority of them have kind of kind of walked away from that. 
maybe totally writing away the faith, but at least writing away um, in their practice, you know, uh, practical Christianity, a church attendance, uh, serving, giving, all that kind of stuff. Right. Um, so, so then they're raising kids kind of in that, um, in that worldview. Um, so, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know that we need to turn this into, a, you know, an excursus on what we know about <laughs> Gen Z. But mm. I don't know. You work with some of the younger um, kids here, uh, you know, college age, high school, confirmation age. Again, those are kids that are in, in church. Um, but I don't know. Are they have? Are you noticing like are they having different conversations or ways of seeing the world that's different than like even the way that you were raised? Have you noticed? Um, I think the biggest like notice that I would have, um, and it's hard, you know, for me because like I feel like I'm even still, you know, so often sorting out my world. Like, you know, I don't feel like I've come to a place where I'm like, oh, I finally like understand the world I live in, you know, oh, okay. in myself even. So sometimes it's hard to like make the comparisons. I feel like to, to different um, uh, generations, but I think the biggest thing that strikes me is uh, their access to information uh. and kind of the, the not so much their access to it, like they're going out and seeking all this stuff, and it's like a big danger. But more like almost the assault of inf- information on them. Yeah. When I was growing up, like I didn't I didn't pay attention to anything. Yeah. You know, I just like chased butterflies or something. Yeah. You know, um, but life was pretty simple. Is how kind of how I think of my childhood. Yeah. Um, even I mean, I grew up during nine eleven, and uh. I had a very you know, very remedial or loose or distant even idea of what had happened, huh. you know? And that, I mean, that's like a huge, significant oh, event. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I feel like kids today are very aware of stuff that's going on, you know, politically or culturally or even globally. Yeah. Um, just because, like, we live in such an interconnected world now. And yeah. they also have, not all of them, but I think most probably have, like, iPhones and smartphones in their pockets. So they have the world in their pocket. Yeah. And I didn't grow up with that either. Yeah. Um, so to me, to me, that's what strikes me. I'm sure there's many other differences, but that's oh, yeah. the one that really stands out to me is that it's a lot for me as an adult oh, to manage totally those voices, whether it's news outlets, which I don't think the kids are probably listening to too much of, but even just like, I mean, if you get on YouTube or any video streaming service, like you watch one video, it's just going to autoplay into the next one five seconds yeah. after you're done, yeah. which isn't really enough response time or like discipline time to say well no i don't need to watch anything more yeah. you know so now you get things that are just being like suggested to you uh, yeah. you didn't even go out searching for and that's yeah. to me why i see it as like an assault of information it's there's so much that they're having to <clears throat> intake and sort through and i guess you know to kind of come back to uh, the israelites or to you know this idea of uh, what kind of what kind of voices we need in our lives you know those suggested youtube videos are probably not going to be ones where God's truth is speaking to us. You know, we're just kind of assaulted all the time of ideas and, you know, truths. I'm air quoting there if you're listening uh, audibly, but, you know, these worldly quote-unquote truths or relative truths about the world that really aren't true. Yeah. And they, it just becomes, I think, very hard to manage all of that. Um, Yeah. Yeah, there's so so many voices. So how do you you sort through that? That's what I noticed in the kids anyway. Mm. Yeah. And that's fair, and I, I mean, I, I've seen the same thing too, and the thing that saddens me, and I don't, there, there are people trying to figure out cause and effect of what's causing, I mean, but 
a lot of the next generation, and this is proven to, are dealing with really, really high rates of um, anxiety mm-hmm. um, and depression and suicidal thoughts. Yep. Um, the, the promiscuous behavior, things like drug use, alcohol use, even sexual promiscuity, some of these issues that maybe earlier generations, that was like the, the bad thing they're uh, <laughs> dealing with. Some, yeah. A lot of those rates are actually decreasing. Interesting. Um, but the rates of anxiety, depression, suicidal thoughts, and even suicidal attempts is just like off the charts. Yeah. Um, and so a lot of people surmise like that what you're saying is the, is the cause of that. I'm sure there's multiple causes, but I, I don't think you can not make that connection. I mean, I know, like yeah. you said, even for me, it's it's too much, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, I read the news, I pay attention, I talk to people, and I'm just like, oh, uh, <laughs> shut it off. Throw the, throw the I, you know, I love my technology, but I just sometimes want to throw my iPhone in the trash and just forget. Know, it. forget. Yeah. But then there's like that cultural pull of almost like, well, if you don't know what's going on, like, you're not, you're not, you know, you're, you're not smart, you know, you're not, yeah. you're not. I was going to say, it's, it's, a, like, it's a strange cultural pull because like, you know, I almost want to finish that sentence by, you know, with like, oh, if you don't know, then how can you do anything about it? But yeah. it's like, are we doing anything about it anyway? Know. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we just intake information, but I don't know that it actually changes tangible decision making in the day to day. Yeah. You know, it, at least for like 95% of what you can learn about. Especially when we consider from a th- from a theological perspective, what it is that God really, really wants us to do on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Which we could probably um, squeeze down into love him yeah. and love, love our neighbor. Love our neighbors as ourselves, yeah. 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 And who is, who is my neighbor, the people that are right around me, who's usually right, right around you, and your family, your kids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tes- testifying yeah. to them about what Jesus is doing. Well, and that's just Loving it. Loving it out. You know, I, I mean, like, because... Sorry, oh, go ahead. <laughs> there are there are a lot of worldly problems, and there are yes. are going to be a lot of worldly problems. Right. Um, and you mentioned some of those. Even. Yeah. And whenever you're exposed to something to be able to do to address any of those problems, do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, if don't neglect also what's right in front of you. Mm-hmm. You know. And that's probably the bigger call for us. You know, I, like sometimes, I think sometimes in lots of ways as humans we kind of have dreams dreams of grandeur. You know, like I'm gonna affect some huge thing or yeah. I need to go like you know in order to testify in order to witness I got to go take a mission trip to Brazil yeah. and speak to people who've never heard about Jesus yeah. I'm like no you don't have to do that yeah. well <laughs> your neighbor also might not know Jesus right like right. literally the person across the street exactly yeah I mean even our I think our own children like maybe they know Jesus but man there's a depth there that we can keep feeding yeah. into as well and um, yeah so I mean God's not calling us to go save the world he already did that. Yeah. And that's the other thing. You know, if news makes you, if we think that we're going to read, you know, these huge big problems and do something about them, like what I find really encouraging about the scriptures is that you don't read them and then learn all the things that you have to do to fix the world yeah. or fix yourself. You actually read it and you learn that there's someone who's actively doing that. Yeah. And of course he's using us, but like kind of where we are. It yeah. doesn't have to be this huge, huge thing. Yeah. And I, I know I know. at least I've had that problem, even when it comes to the testifying, of yeah. really blowing that up into something much bigger than it needs to be. Yeah. And and even along those lines, too, like, I was going to say this in my sermon, but there's too much to say. Um, uh, a lot of us, a lot of us look um, to worldly 
um, people and solutions for um, for these for these worldly problems. And and I and I think like a lot of us also want a worldly judge to come along and solve the problems. And mm-hmm. I, I feel like we get this temptation a lot, like every election cycle, mm-hmm. also, mm-hmm. where it's like. This has got to be the guy who's going to get set it straight. This has got to be the gal who's going to make everything right. Mm-hmm. There's finally going to be peace in our land. You know, like everybody's going to have what they need. You know, it's just no more war. <laughs> no more. You know, nobody's. Yeah, nobody's going to be poor. Like it's just, it's just gonna. It's gonna be good. You know, we just got to get the right people and the right policies. Mm. What people really want is Jesus. Kevin, I think this has been a great conversation, but I think we should end it on that note, probably. All we need is Jesus. Um, Jesus is the one who came to deliver us. So, hey, Kevin, have a great rest of your day. Listeners, have a great rest of yours as well. Peace. Peace, buddy.